Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I am joined in studio by the one, the only, Sharon McNamara. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you tonight? Good. We were coming in on two wheels, and we've been here all day. (laughs) I know. We just came in hot, for sure. Uh, Gave George a little bit of a panic, but we made it, George. Hey, we never missed our little cue to come on on live, especially when we're live with you. Uh, We have George in studio tonight um, at W. WATD. Uh, we have some guests that are going to be in studio with us tonight. But if you have any questions for us about this topic we're going to be discussing or anything to do with real estate, please feel free to give us a call at the WATD studio, 781-837-4900. Again, 781-837-4900. George will then pipe you through to us. And as you know, we always give out gift cards when you call. So, um, And tonight, we're going to be uh, keeping it local. We're going to be talking all things um I almost said all things real estate just because that's how we always talk. But we're going to be talking all things Pembroke tonight. And uh, we have some big to-dos that are going on in town and some upcoming um, articles at our town meeting, which is a week from today. So um, I do have a guest with us tonight. I have Andrew Sullivan with us. Good evening. (laughs) Hi there. (laughs) Yeah, that's your cue when I say your name. Thank you for having me, Sharon. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Chatting about the community center with you. Yeah, and uh, we were just sort of chatting out uh, in our main office here. We also have Dan Trabuco, who's going to be joining us uh, pretty soon. He should be coming in, and he is obviously a Pembroke selectman. You can watch us on uh, Facebook Live as well, so you'll be able to find us on Pembroke Connect. And Melissa is going to get us on to all of the other connect pages as well uh, so if you're in Marshfield and everything else uh, feel free to join us on all of that um, so tonight w- there's some big doings going on and Andrew we were just talking you know out in our family room out there that you've been a longtime resident of Pembroke so you want to tell us a little bit about you I'd be happy to yeah I um, I've been a resident for 58 years now and yeah 
my family, uh, my parents moved down here from Boston in the late, uh, early 50s. Mm -hmm. Had a beautiful little uh, farmhouse here on Mattakesit, yeah. just down the street. And then uh, my parents uh, built a house over on High Street, and my two brothers and myself grew up over there and went through the Pembroke school systems and uh, since moved over to North Pembroke, uh, over up by the North River, mm -hmm. uh, closer to our family business. And uh, yep. yeah, we've had... Uh, a family business here in town for many, many years. And, and give that uh, family business. We're all about keeping it hyper-local and uh, supporting our local businesses. So your business is? Yes, Protect the Wire uh, Fire Systems. Uh, started in 1938 by mm. a gentleman named uh, Gerald Holmes. And my father was his legal counsel. It's how my family first got involved in the business in the 50s. Mm. And, uh, you know, as a lot of business deals uh, happened, uh, it was at Hackett's, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. My yep. father had met uh, Mr. Holmes at Hackett's and became legal representative for the business and ultimately became a full owner of the business by the 60s and 70s. And, uh, you know, uh, I went away to college. Uh, I came back from school in uh, the mid-80s and started in at protect wire uh, soon after. So, you know, I've been with the business for over 30 years, and it's been a lot of fun developing it. Over 65% of our sales are overseas. So what's a really cool thing about our company is we host international guests all the time and uh, I'd love to show them Pembroke it's so cool yeah it's awesome and I have uh, four million miles of lifetime travel promoting <laughs> our products overseas so it's really been such an education for me uh, meeting people and mm -hmm. and uh, learning the ways of the world but uh, awesome. since uh, being back living in Pembroke permanently now it's um, and where the business is at it's allowed me to turn my attention inward somewhat and uh, really look around the town and see where I can give back. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Isn't that the best part of success is being able to give back? It really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I enjoy it so much and um, I'm just so thankful I had the opportunity to have my family business to uh, grow and uh, see it prosper and I have young children are showing interest in it and uh, you know I really want to instill in our family giving back and in mm -hmm. fact we just started a family foundation last year that we're having a lot of fun with we're kind nice. of still picking our causes and all we're nice you know we live on a farm so a lot of nature things and uh, mm -hmm. and the like but uh, you know the community center is really something you know it's it's a where to begin with the whole project here I, I reference gosh uh, i'm gonna say you know 12 years ago my daughter's 15 so she was um we went up to the we went up to the rec center for a program mm -hmm. a basketball program yeah at the community center and i hadn't been in it in a lot of years since mm -hmm. my childhood days yep and i was like oh my god this is this is this hasn't changed <laughs> yeah, at all. I remember when my kids used to go up there too. And then I, you know, I I talked to folks in town. And I said, "Hey, what's going on with that building?" You know, I just brought my daughter there for a class, and they said, "Well, Andy, we think you're the right guy at the right mm. time." I kind of stepped right into it. But I then, you know, studied the past committees that had been working on the project, and uh, that's what first inspired me to get me going. That's awesome. So I'm going to go back way back where in my history is I believe I was on the zoning board at the time and you must have been doing some construction or something at your building. And I remember, you know, the abutters show up and it's something to do with lights and are they going to be shining at night and everything. And I just remember saying myself saying, 
the way that they keep the front of that building and just the entryway, it's just so clean and so tidy and such pride of ownership that, like, I knew that right away, you know what type of a business you are and you're very committed to doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. We really wanted to create a space for visitors from around the globe to come and and, and, uh, spend time with them and gave a lot of thought to the building layout and its location. And we had five acres to work with. So, you know, the driveway coming in was really important to us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the curb appeal. You know, we have a fire museum in our lobby, and I would think most manufacturing companies you'd visit do not have museums in their lobby, but <laughs> yeah, it was important most. to us. We have fire apparatus we've mm-hmm. collected for over 80 years as a business is 85 years old. So yeah. um, it really presents well, and we love to host events there. Part of my giving back, I love having, you know, the chamber has events there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, after hours, events of all kinds that mm-hmm. uh, we love to host. We have great space for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's awesome, which is how you were connected to me tonight. It was sort of last minute, but Peter Brown, obviously, of Tiny and Sons, actually reached out to me and said, hey, we need some support uh, around this cause, and we just want to bring some attention to it, some positive attention. And I'm all about doing the positive attention for things that we need in our town. So I was like, absolutely. So we changed gears on our show tonight to have you here. And we also have Mr. Tabruk. Oh, hello. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for inviting yeah, me. I am so Hi, happy Dan. to have you. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Nice to see you as well. Yes, yeah, so You're Dan, late. <laughs> I know. Dan came in literally on two whales tonight, so um, we're really happy to have you. And again, it was all last minute, but I was asked to do this, and I agree with you. Do you prefer Andy or Andrew? Andy's fine. Andy, um, you know, we have this motto around here. You give it out in slices, it comes back to you in loaves. It's not the reason why you do it, but that's just how, you know, the world works, right, when you're giving out good. So uh, I'm happy to have you here and give this show and all this time to you. Uh, to IWATD listeners, one more time, 781-837-4900. We are live tonight. We are talking all things Pembroke. Uh, so if you have any questions for us, please feel free to call in. If you would like to talk about anything to do with real estate, I'm sure you could call in and these guys will listen and maybe they can chime in but dan can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your role in our town because you have a big role right so uh, i'm chair of the select board Mm -hmm. i've I've been a member of the select board for holy cow 14 years now thereabouts yeah you're sort of an old guy up there aren't you that must be doing something right (laughs) I, i literally have 14 signs left from the first time I haven't bought signs. Oh, my gosh. This is the first time. I just recycled them. But, you know, I I love this town. I raised my my family in this town. Uh And um, I'm a member of the select board, previously a member of the planning board. Uh And I just try to do the right things for the right reason. Uh And you can't please everyone in town. And that's what I'm not. I'm not out there to to please uh, everyone. Uh I'm out there to please the town capital Mm -hmm. t yeah and that's what i think is so important about our boards and as you know i'm on and have been over the years on several boards and i've had to come before you and interview with you and you know to to be on these committees and i think it's really important to get people on the committees that want to do it for the town not for their own reasons like if they have some reasons behind it you know um unfortunately that happens i'm not saying it happens in pembroke but it does happen on these small little towns and in the boards and i think it's great that we have such a good group of people who want to sort of rally behind this important cause so who wants to start with Article 4 and tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on? And more importantly, for everybody who's listening, how did we get here? Like, 
We've been working. Dan, you tell me. We I remember when um, Ed Thorne was the town administrator. And remember he did this little event. Um, it was sort of a bigger event. It was over at the Pembroke Country Club. And we're just talking about ideas and thoughts of things that we would like to see in our community. And I remember I was invited as a community resident. And we were talking about the community center back then, way back then. And finally, we're, we're almost there. And what would you say, like inches to like the field goal? Like I know nothing about football. <laughs> well, we, we were there and then uh, got called back on a penalty, if you were right, <laughs> on a football analogy. Yep. Uh, because the town, the, the town voted for it at, at town, last town meeting uh, uh, by a, more than a two-thirds vote, which was necessary. It went to the town election, and the town election was, uh, we only needed 50, 50% plus one, and we ended up with... a approximately two-thirds of the voters voting for it. So there, there are two-thirds of the people in town that, that, that want a new community center. And it, I've, I've been encouraged to make sure that uh, I state that the folks that vote against it or had voted against it or even might even vote against it this time, I, I don't want to disparage them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm an advocate for the community center. And uh, the people that have uh, a different view than me, uh, those points are valid. Um, they're, they're their own views. Uh, some are shared with uh, uh, about a third of the people, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I want to make sure that they don't feel... Um, uh, disparaged. Yeah, uh, their votes, their vote is or slighted too. Or yeah. slighted, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I want to advocate for it because it's such a, it's such a good project for the community. Uh, starting off with uh, the building itself mm-hmm. is condemned. We know that. Yes, it needs to be torn down. And it's down. currently vacant. It's currently vacant, unusable. It had been. Right before, right, right before it had been condemned, it was being used, mm-hmm. it was being used to, to the greatest extent possible for uh, the footprint that it had. It was, it was a, meant as a school. Mm-hmm. It was never meant for as a community center. But the town had been utilizing it through a daycare, through uh, the Commission on Disabilities had space in there. Uh, the rec- recreation center was the predominant user of the space. Uh, we used to have bingo for hockey. Remember they, hockey? Remember hockey. that? Yeah. The, the place was being utilized. It's uh, and so there, there's a need, there's a community need for that. Now couple that with that uh, oddball footprint that we we shoehorned in all those activities. Now this new facility is also going to have all those all those activities and more because recreation center will grow mm-hmm. uh, because they'll have the space they'll have the elbow room now but also the council on aging is going to be there and one thing that uh, one thing that i've heard that, that that i want to dispel this is not a glorified basketball court for the youth this is a true community center from the very young to the very old mm-hmm. and the council on aging aging is going to be a predominant uh, resident in mm-hmm. that building and the uses that uh, Gretchen Emmett's the Council on Aging Director, uh, foresees for this building is um, she's excited about it. Mm-hmm. The seniors are excited about it. And the senior center that we have now is, um, once again, another building in Pembroke that's been shoehorned. Mm-hmm. Uh, use has been shoehorned. I feel like Band-Aid. I keep on, when, when you're saying shoehorned, I, I 100% agree. It's almost like putting a square peg in a round hole. But I feel like we've Band-Aided the death out of these buildings and we've saved the town so much money over the years by repurposing the buildings that we already had to use, I mean, just sort of making it fit when in all reality, it, it really didn't. We just made it work, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, we've done a good job with what we had. Mm-hmm. 
but it's time to take the next step forward. And uh, this building has been designed to do just that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that one of the things I'm really excited about, too, about this is the multi-generational use of this of this building that you're going to have and bringing the young and the old together. And everybody knows here, I mean, the name of our show is Talk Real Estate Roundtable. And in my industry, we are seeing more and more multi-generational living. It is just the way that it is. And what a better way for families to be able able to say, okay, mom, while I'm at work, working full-time in Boston, and you're taking care of the kids, you know, there's going to be some project, you know, whatever's going on up at the community center for the kids, and maybe there's something going on for the seniors, but I also think it's good, they're probably on opposite schedules, right, for the best use? That's right. The uh, the, the, the schedules uh, will be fine-tuned, but the uh, the projections are that... Um, we'll, it, just seems normal. The seniors will use it during the day while the yeah. children are in school. The children will come in after school, mm-hmm. and then it's open to the community, whether it's a basketball uh, for adults or uh, classes. Um, uh, you want to play a little game of one-on-one? <laughs> Bring back my CYO days? <laughs> back in the 80s, I would have taken you on, Sharon. Okay. I do have Perfect. the projected programs that uh, they're going to be running from the new community center, and uh, I see pickleball heavily uh oh yeah that's like the big thing right beginner intermediate and advanced but um i want a knitting class to be quite honest there's a there is a knitting (laughs) class listed there but is it so many uh great programs that can be operated out of this out of this Uh, our committee started you know back in 2017 the community center task force Mm -hmm. that dan and i sat on with mike gamaris and uh michelle burt Mm -hmm. steve curley Kyle Harney, mm-hmm. Andy Wondell. Mm-hmm. It was a real great group of folks that had been... All townies. Townies that have <laughs> partook in the past studies, too. So mm-hmm. it brought a lot to the table. But <clears throat> what I I always, looking back on the four, four and a half years we've been working on this, uh, we brought in Bargman, Henry, and Archetype. Uh, we got approval at a previous town meeting for some consulting work, and... We found this company in Boston that's built over 25 community centers in the state of Mass. Mm. And these folks are the real experts. And as you were alluding to, it's so intriguing what they put in a building today. Yeah. You know, so that multi-generational, mm-hmm. multi-purpose facility, you know, combining COA with Pembroke Rec, there's so much to be gained from it. And there's so much savings, too, versus having two separate structures. Mm-hmm. But. And that's one of the things, too, and one of the things I'm just seeing in life in general is, you know, of course, we think about the community center, we think about, you know, for the younger kids and needing that. But honestly, for Council on Aging, I mean, selfishly, I'm going to talk about it. My dad's 85 years old, and finding things to sort of entertain him has been a challenge. I mean, Dan, you know, you used to bump into him playing cards, right? My wife still calls him <laughs> chippy because he took all of her <laughs> chips and poker. <laughs> exactly. But now he's at the point where I don't feel comfortable with him driving at night and things like that. So to be able to go over to the community center and to be able to hang out. And I'll tell you, that's one of the things I'm excited about. So I rewatched your interview that you had and with Bill Chouinard too, with uh, Julie Thompson uh, from PAC-TV. I was watching that earlier. And one of the things that's so exciting is that outside grounds and just being able to, you know, use a center for what a center is really made for, right? Andy sure. and I were talking about this earlier. I grew up in Dorchester. I mean, we we had CYO. It was all about community. 
and we also just hung out on the corner, but we all, it was community. And I think that right. that's what that will provide. Yeah, our green, town green space is doubling in size. You know, and you think about it today, it's it's a sad spot. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, I would never go over there and have a cup of coffee. No. <laughs> just, just because, you know, right. to and get a little fresh air. I look at this as much as outside space is indoor space. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love, you know, P- Pembroke's big events, you know, uh, the Arts Festival, mm-hmm. it's an amazing program. You know, the Memorial Day Parade, to have it end in a place like the Town Green in mm-hmm. front of a new community center really just puts it under a whole new light. And uh, just to have this awesome area to hang out by the bandstand, it can still have all the concert series, and it's just such a more welcoming spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we're looking at this condemned building. I mean, this thing has been kicked down the road mm-hmm. for 20 years and mm-hmm. we're still talking about it and uh really you know i think it's important for everyone to know 19 million dollars was approved for this project mm-hmm. now a year later you know costs have gone up and we've uncovered some hazardous waste that nearly doubled the cost of that remediation that our mm-hmm. first estimate so so i'm going to play the sort of the devil's advocate so i'm sure. just not all like cushy here right i'm just i'm going to make the questions a little difficult and, Bring and it, i don't Sharon. think they're difficult <laughs> i know you can handle it that's why i'm going to do it but i think you know in order to sort of clear the what the opposition like if there are people who are opposing it because maybe they don't know the answers i think that that's what always happens is people sort of make assumptions and then this one talks and that one talks and it just sort of gets sort of cloudy do you agree dan absolutely especially at a town meeting vote if um uh, the history is if someone doesn't know or isn't sure their sure thing in their mind is to vote no. And, mm-hmm. and I, that's part of what happened at the last town meeting. The last town meeting, we were looking for more money because um, the $19 million wasn't enough due to uh, an unprecedented uh, influx of inflation and uh, rising prices for material costs. And uh, the labor was a little bit up, but it was, it was really driven by material costs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a, a combination of the end of COVID um um, oil supplies down mm-hmm. and uh, you know some might say were they down naturally or was it uh, man-made and uh, or, or policy driven mm-hmm. and, and uh, you, you could see that side too so, but but the end of it all was that the, the prices rose so we had an estimate when we asked for the 19 million the estimate was was done by a professional it mm-hmm. was not done by anyone in the town the town hired professionals to give us that estimate for 19 million dollars and that 19 million dollars included a 1 million dollar contingency in case things went up or in case we missed something mm-hmm. well in the interim uh, the inflation went up, but that wasn't the only factor. As Andrew uh, mentioned a moment ago, this we, we did a comprehensive asbestos uh, evaluation, and for the estimate, it, we don't you don't do in construction a com- comprehensive asbestos evaluation. You do a, um, a you, you do a cursory one. Mm-hmm. So we did an extensive evaluation. We found, holy cow, the, the asbestos had doubled the cost for the asbestos was doubled so that, that jacked the price up by one million dollars mm-hmm. one million out of the 3.1 that they were looking for i'm gonna be honest I, I think that that's sort of a little when you think about the size of the building and i'm you know i do a lot of new construction and i've done a lot of things in the city and i've seen some of the asbestos mitigations that go on and it's 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 pretty hefty i mean i mean to, it really hamstrings projects for yeah. sure and uh you know this was Un- unforeseen from our, our initial initial estimate, but um, most of the money is in the bank at a fantastic rate. So it's we like were what ver- one point 
1.9. Is that 1. right, Dan? 1. I think it's seven. Uh, in, someone had asked this question, and it's, it's a valid question. Um, when town meeting and town election, and the town election voted to uh, approve the $19 million, uh, someone asked, why, why did the town go out and bond it right away before bidding? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that is the process. You bond it before you bond it before bidding. You have you have the money in hand, so that you can go out to bid. And as a matter of fact, once we found out that the estimate was greater than the nineteen million dollars, we could not go out to bid because if we went out to bid and then didn't have the funding for it, it would it would have been illegal. Uh-huh. Municipal governments are not the same as as a private entity. So I, I just want to make sure that the folks out there know that we, we did the right thing. We went out there and aggressively pursued. Uh, the best bond rate at the best time and it was for no other reason than that and what that did since we had secured the bonding if we were to if if town meeting does not vote to go to the 3.1 million dollars it's it it puts the town in a bind you know do we build a, a structure that does not support all the services that both recreation and counseling and aging need um, it's it, that's almost pointless and and I hope we don't have to go there but then if the town is stuck with that bond money that we are paying 1.7 for and get in gaining in a money market account greater than that well that's called arbitrage okay. and Bill Chenard can talk about that uh, in the financial a- aspect of that and the ramifications of that uh, but the federal government does not allow that. They so, frown upon that. <laughs> yes, okay, that sort of makes sense. So the so there's one million dollars. Is it one point one million for the asbestos removal remediation? That was the upcharge. The upcharge. Okay, so we have one point one. Now we're asking for three point one. So where's the other two million? Just the upcharge on supplies and product and Some all that. Inflation. Yeah. Also, you know, we went to bid with this project now. So we had, I think it went out to six or seven bidders and they have a low bid. So we have a concrete number. Mm -hmm. Everything was, you know, a little bit of estimates, but now there's legitimate, there's a low bidder. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's a Hanover uh, company I heard, I'm pretty sure is, was the low bidder, which is great, keeping the business locally. But I believe if this passes a town meeting Tuesday, they will be signing the contract and work will begin. So Mm -hmm. the numbers are in. This is all set in stone, the design and the numbers. So Mm -hmm. there's really no guesswork at this point as far as what the building's going to be like and uh, what the price is going to be. There is, you know, some monies out there that we're still working on with the state and the feds and uh, they're not, it's not exact, but what we're looking at is the 3.1 is a worst case scenario mm-hmm. and uh, we may very well do better than that. We may not need to borrow the three, Yeah. but that that is needed for municipal bidding projects like this. We have to have everything covered completely mm-hmm. and uh, that's the reason for Article 4. Yeah. So Andrew brings up a, a great point. Uh, the one thing uh, the, the committee uh, that studied this and in the town the select board the town manager had been tried have been staunch upon is not to promise uh, grants or other funding that we don't have secured yet uh-huh. so this this money that we're asking town meeting for is is a town expenditure uh, but we are aggressively pursuing 
grant money from the state. Mm -hmm. We are pursuing grant money from the federal government, and we have um, uh, we have a bill that uh, Congressman Keating uh, has put forth, and it's passed the House. Uh, it it hasn't passed the the, the Senate yet, uh, but that will give us uh, several million dollars if it pass if it passes. But it. We we have, we want to be honest. We want to be clear. We want to be open. All of that is is uh, extra mm-hmm. whipped cream on top. Yeah. And, and if we do gr- get those grants, this three point one million dollars will not be spent, and the money uh, will go back into the town coffers. Okay. So I know. I mean, over the summer, Dan, I was over on the vineyard, and I. S- took a screenshot of the newspaper. I love to get the, the, the newspaper over there. And I know that they were doing a big project with the school and their budget went up like 41% of like some enormous amount. So I guess it's hard for me because I listen to the news and, and all of that. And I can 100% understand how this happened. I also bought a car right during COVID, right? So I bought one, what year are we in now? 2022. So I bought a 2022 last September. I walked in the door and they wanted me to pay five thousand dollars over the you know ms what what is that called ms msrp yeah the msrp and i said why they're like supply and demand i just and then i got a ding in my windshield and i went to tiny and sons of course because that's what we do here in pembroke and all surrounding towns on the south shore i'd love to give them some uh kudos here keep it hyper local that happened in april my windshield just went on last week so like it's still there even though people think you know COVID is behind us we still have the repercussions of the cost of everything and, and i wonder do you think things will go up too though because of what just happened in florida well it, there's a possibility but it, i've been watching the the national programs and they believe that um inflation and um uh, supply su- supply side issues are going to are going to stay level from where they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were hoping that they would go down, but it's um, it's insidiously hanging on. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a you know we have to do this project today, regardless of the economy. You know, if you choose to wait, 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 the price is only going to go up as a general oh, rule. Absolutely. So, you know, 19 mil has been secured. We need another 3.1 at town meeting to start this project. The building will be demolished and a new building will be going up in 18 months from next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We'll be having a grand opening of a new facility in town. And it's just super exciting. Super exciting. The time yeah. really was 10 years ago. But here we have a great opportunity to, to really cross the finish line here everybody's behind this everybody sees a need it really is a need you know if you spend some time with with Gretchen Emmett's over at COA she's mm-hmm. doing a wonderful job with what she has but the facility is just it, it it's not providing mm-hmm. the services that seniors need there's over 4,000 residents over the age of 65 in Pembroke and mm-hmm. that demographics growing steadily mm-hmm. and you see other COAs Duxbury Marshfield amazing programs you know we our committee's been studying them and they offer so much you know mm-hmm. that our town deserves that you know mm-hmm. you, with your father I mean we chase seniors out of town they go to area town COAs mm-hmm. we deserve our own yeah you know and this building will provide that. There's so many intangibles, I think, that are on the table here for this new building once it's done. You know, it's going to increase property values mm-hmm. and it's going to provide a place in the center of our town to, you know, it's a, 
for people to walk around and feel proud about their town. Yeah. And to have a condemned building yeah. that we have now, it, the time really is past, and yeah. we really, you know, we, now it's just dangerous. I mean, that's that's how it is. You it's know? a need more than a want. Yeah. You know, this building provides uh, emergency shelter in case of storms. You look at the storms out there today. You know, right now we try to pack everybody in the library if we have mm-hmm. a hurricane event or something. So, you know, the new facility will provide that. So. It's just uh, so much there for everyone, mm-hmm. and it truly is a need. Mm-hmm. And that that um, sh- emergency shelter is not, um, it, it, it's a reality. That, that's happened here in Pembroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, storm, the winter storm Hugo, uh, the library had, I, I think there were 40 people that, that stayed there with uh, women, children, uh, pets. Mm-hmm. And uh, we served them. We have, we have cots that we were given by uh, the county. That we we have stored and we can use, uh, but this new facility will have uh, a, a larger footprint to serve the people, uh, have showers in it, so to make it uh, compliant to be a true emergency shelter. It has an emergency generator. It has it it has a kitchen in it. So uh, and look what happened in Florida. I mean mm-hmm. the, these storms can happen. So uh, to have an emergency emergency shelter that has uh, the proper facilities to take care of the people, whether it's uh, for a full for complete housing or if it's for even a warming shelter uh, it's important um so we did have somebody um that uh, had actually sent some messages on facebook so certainly if you have any questions for uh dan trabuco or andy sullivan here uh talking about the importance of voting yes for uh this article four that's coming up at our town meeting which is scheduled for next tuesday october 18th at 7 p.m at the high school right i got that uh so he, he said uh so somebody wrote on there it was a mom that said this mel oh okay uh growing up she said that she always remembered coming to the community center was a big part of her childhood in her community. So not necessarily in Pembroke's, but that was a big part of, you know, in, in everybody's, you know, community. And, you know, as you were talking, one of the things I have two questions, so please don't let me forget it, it happens, right? I get sidetracked, but one is I, I'm interested to know how much more will this be on everybody's taxes? And then secondly, do you remember when we got the new library? Do you, did you remember that feeling? I, I mean, my kids were younger then, and I remember that feeling. Like, I, I was giddy. I was, like, so happy, like, so excited to go into the library. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what is going to happen here. And, Andy, to your point about, you know, property values and, and all of that, you know, increasing the property value, what it will actually do, because they know a little bit about this, is it's going to increase the marketability of our town and people wanting to be here and the people who grow up here wanting to stay here. Similar to some of the other towns that we see that have these community centers or these walkability areas like downtown Hingham and things like that. The kids that grow up there want to stay there. That we want in our town. And it saddens me, and I was telling you because I know your son is applying to a college and my daughter just happened to get her master's from Clemson. And um, she said to me, she was home last weekend and she's like, mom, you know, I think that I would ever move back to Pembroke. And I was like, well, why is that? Makes me sad. She goes, you know, down south, it's just so great. Like you can, you know, go to the little town and you can sit around, you can get a pastry, you can do, you know, everybody's just sort of walking around saying hello. I think that outside part will do that and bring the community together. And I think our community every community needs to come together that's how we grow and that's how we become great you know by helping each other and i think historically the town hasn't done a great job with their infrastructure overall and you know that 
this could really be a catalyst to start, you know, fixing up downtown. And public safety is on a lot of people's minds as well. Mm-hmm. We are, our committee is wholeheartedly behind public safety mm-hmm. uh, project, which I think is following quickly on its heels. So, mm-hmm. you know, does it involve taxes? Yes, it does. But we've long overlooked town infrastructure. And mm-hmm. this is the first step. Get this, you know, we're going to get this right, get this going. And I think really good things can happen from there. And, you know, there, like you said, I think, you know, retail businesses are going to look at our town a little differently and mm-hmm. be like, hey, you know. I want to be there. AAU basketball games, get out. People want to go eat somewhere. You know, you might find restaurants and other things that mm-hmm. will suddenly have more appeal to uh businesses. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really think, you know, if this thing opened in 18 months and then you came back five years after that, it might have a lot different look and feel to it. And I yeah. think it's all very positive. You know, it, people are afraid of change, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I live in a very historic home. I love the history of Pembroke. Mm-hmm. I love how historic it is. But we do have to provide services. Yeah. And we have to be, you know, a little bit of pro-business here to welcome the right businesses in. And you do it respectfully through the planning board and all, but Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make it attractive. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, for the people that I have spoken to, I mean, I've spoken to, people have been stopping in my office, by the way, just saying, please, you know, get the word out that how important this is, but I'm seeing it from all demographics, which I think is interesting. So I love the demographic that is the older generation, that boomer generation that, that they're saying, Hey, Everybody in this community, they paid for my kids and for us to have the things that we had, library being one or whatever else was going on in the community. They feel as if it is their time. They want this for our kids and for themselves and for the seniors. So um, uh, two things. Don't let me forget to ask about how much it's going to be. But one of the things, I am on the committee for um, the Public Safety uh, Building Committee. I am on that committee. And um, we we talked at our last meeting, and we decided to put everything that we were going to discuss at any of the town meetings on hold because my words were, I am tired of kicking the can down the street. Can we finish one project? then get to the second project. So I don't want any of our listeners, especially our Pembroke listeners who are going to be out and, you know, coming to the town meeting next week. It's really important that you go to support this. You have the the voice to say yes. I don't want them to misconstrue that, oh, I'm not going to vote for this because I think that the fire department and the police department are more important. Okay. And Dan, maybe you can talk about this with budgeting and everything. Is it not true? I mean, this $3.1 million and what we need to do for the fire and police. I mean, we're going to be coming out of some debt, which is going to basically cover what the police will need when they do their thing and fire. The Some of the debt is, is coming off in uh, 2024. So it's it's going to have a balancing effect, hmm. uh, not quite equilibrium, but it'll be a, it'll be a balancing effect on uh, in, any future um, ex- expenditures. Uh, so the uh, the the previous the previous vote for the nineteen million dollars for for this project that's it's already been passed is a, a projected average an average impact tax impact of one hundred fifty three dollars for for. Uh, the median house okay. hold, and this three point one million dollars is around twenty five dollars per year. Okay. So to we've already committed nineteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. The town has voted on that overwhelmingly. So to to hold that up or stop it 
for $25 a year. And I, I, and I know people are, some people are tight and they, they, they can't afford a penny, never mind a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yep. But holy cow, that's, I, it, we really are, we are spending good money to complete this project, to, to move it forward, uh, for, for all the reasons that we've already expressed, that it, it is a, a benefit to the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. At $25 for the average household is the added bit here to get over the hump. And, I mean, really, you break it down to the monthly or weekly basis, you know, to hold this thing hostage now, to not pass this through would be just mm-hmm. tragic. Yeah. You know, that... Everybody, see, I think some of the confusion in the past too is people thought the 19 million passed is a done deal. I don't need to go to town meeting again. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, so um, that's not the case. You mm-hmm. know, this we do need this extra to be able to sign the contract and mm-hmm. uh, and but, get it going. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and one thing that should be brought up is that uh, in in add to this cost was brought up at last town meeting, spring town meeting and it, it, it did not pass it needed a two thirds vote, it, it missed by, uh, as we know, just a couple of votes. And can I tell you how guilty I feel about that? Because You and so many others. Say, I feel I wish so I guilty because I am good about going to town meeting and Mark and I did not go. Our daughter was getting married in Greece the following week and I just said to him and you know, I, I'm not even a COVID like you know, like weird about it or whatever. I was just like, Mark, it would really be terrible if we got COVID and couldn't go to our daughter's wedding. Like, th- and that's honestly the reason, but I watched it all on, I watched it all on Ravel on uh, TV, by the way. Yeah, so so I just want to mention about uh, the, the last town meeting. It, it, in, it, as we know, it, it was defeated and uh, the, the folks that, that did not want it, um, they, won, they won the day. But I, I do want to make the point that we're not trying to get another bite at the apple here by bringing it forward again. It, it's be, and the reason for that is, and how I can justify that statement, is that now we have true numbers. Mm-hmm. It was conjecture. It was an estimate before. And uh, people had the mindset, one mindset might have been that, well, you gave us an estimate on the $19 million, That was wrong. How do we know this estimate? Is, is is correct mm-hmm. well well now we know we have hard numbers mm-hmm. so we're, we're not i just want to say that i want to state because i've heard some things you know everybody tells me everything for some reason or another the credibility of the committee had been questioned and i think it's because you were giving your best guesstimates but now you have the actual facts so the credibility is there i and you know you guys know me i mean andy we, we've just met but Dan, you know, I will, <laughs> I will tell everybody how I really feel, right? Sure. And I would not be standing behind this project and have you both here as guests of mine if I didn't truly believe that this was the best thing for our community, for our residents, and for everybody involved for Pembroke. So I am a definite vote yes person for this, and I hope that you can get out there and help support me and our community for this. Yeah, it's a long process. I mean, the committee, our committee, is made up of volunteers. You know, yeah. everybody has other lives, and we're doing our best to give back to the town we need experts you know and mm-hmm. and uh i'm personally it's my first pass at seeing municipal first rodeo first oh, rodeo well, welcome that, aboard <laughs> how municipalities work and how the committee process yeah. works but you know people 
we don't have a town news so much anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and the information is scattered. It's it's really hard. Don't believe everything you see on Pembroke Connect. As well, the founder of Pembroke Connect, I am telling you, please don't listen to well, everything that you see. It's a hard place that yeah. if you count on that exclusively for your yeah. news. You, yeah. can't. No, you can't. And there's not really a good news source. So mm-hmm. I think there's a detachment there. Yep. It's a real challenge for our town management and Bill Chouinard to have a unified message out there. Yeah. And, uh, One thing that I really want to work on, Dan, I'm going to sort of side, put a side note on this. First of all, can we please get a dog park in town? I know Dan uh, Bill is sick of me asking for that, but secondly, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you something else, and now because we only have a few minutes left, so um, I was going to ask you what was I going to ask you something? I don't remember. Well, here's here's something while, you, while you're yeah. thinking that that it's a question that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks want to know uh, what the operating costs yeah. are. Yeah. So uh, I have year one through year five uh, projected. Uh, costs for you know the maintenance for it you know, mm-hmm. keep the lights on and, and staffing so the first year it's uh 279 million and project out to year five it's a thousand okay i was gonna million. say right yeah uh, like that seems like a lot <laughs> year five three hundred thousand and mm-hmm. um and so those increases are so the first year it's a it's a hundred thousand dollar increase mm-hmm. from what we had previously yep. to this new mm-hmm. project uh, so those are numbers. Uh, they they are available. If they should be on the town website. If mm-hmm. not, um, I'm, I'm broadcasting them here. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I, I saw on there the Pembroke Community Center site feasibility study. There's all kinds of great stuff on our website. Um, so we have two minutes left, gentlemen. What are some of the key points and what is your your final thoughts here for the final two minutes when you thought you would only be here for 15? <laughs> yeah, I, know, well, I could start off by, please, uh, uh, every town voter, please come to town meeting mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Uh, begins at seven o'clock. Uh, we have a random draw uh, of of the Warren article, so you don't know when it's going to come up. So uh, please stay and please stay for the rest of the meeting too, yes. because there there's some mundane but important uh, articles that have to be voted on. But y- you need to be there to vote, and and, mm-hmm. and if you you feel for this project, even if you're against it, the only way to express your opinion is to show up. So please show that's up. A good but point. I am an advocate for it. So. Yes, <laughs> and that's a very good point. Is if you are opposed to it, reach out, ask the questions. And I bet you that those concerns of yours are going to be washed away because I think everything that we're doing is for the good of the town, right? I'm Sharon McNamara. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. If you have any other questions about this topic, feel free to reach out to me at 781-826-8000. You can also reach me at Sharon at bostonconnect.com. I know how to get these guys because I have their digits, so don't you worry. I will get those answers for you. And uh, gentlemen, I will see you Tuesday night. I'm voting yes on Article 4. That is a definite from me. Thank you for having us. All right. Please come out and vote. All right. Thank you.